Leviticus chapter 14, verse 17 through 18. I'm very nervous this morning. I do see the time is 1039. I will be mindful of your time this morning. Amen. Amen. I should have had shouting in this section right here. Just kidding. Leviticus chapter 14, 17 through 18. You know, I like the King James Version. Scripture reads, And of the rest of the oil that is in his hand shall the priest put upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed, and upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot, upon the blood of the trespass offering. And the remnant of the oil that is in the priest's hand, he shall pour upon the head of him that is to be cleansed. And the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord. I'm going to read that one more time. I know it's, it's odd. And of the rest of the oil that is in his hand shall the priest put upon the tip of the right ear of him that is to be cleansed. And upon the thumb of his right hand and upon the great toe of his right foot, upon the blood of the trespass offering. And the remnant of the oil that is in the priest's hand, he shall pour upon the head of him that is to be cleansed. And the priest shall make an atonement for him before the Lord. With the help of the Lord this morning, I am going to uh, minister um, along the lines of this thought this principle the blood first and then the oil the blood first and then the oil I am going to ask Pastor Hildebrand to pray over the word this morning Lord in the name of Jesus Lord your word is already anointed your vessel your maid servant this morning is anointed God I pray that you would use her to send forth your word to fall on the soil you intended to fall upon Lord I pray, God, that you would use her to put the enemy to shame this day. And I pray, God, that your perfect will be accomplished. We give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may put your hands together one more time as you're being seated. I'm going to quickly give the background to this set of scriptures. I'm going to ask that you follow me just a little bit. Because it's weird to read this set of scriptures and then to just go. Um, and so I need to give you all the, the context behind it. Give you a little bit of information how we um, get to this point. The book of Leviticus is what can be considered the book of laws. There's a lot of laws that the Lord is giving to Moses and he is in turn giving to the people. And he gives the laws of the burnt offering. He gives the meat offering. He gives the laws of the sin offering. He gives the laws of the trespass offering. Scriptures go on. And you can start from the very beginning of Leviticus. And even through chapter 7, he's giving the law of peace 
offerings. And then the Lord begins to give detail to Moses on how the anointing and the consecration of Aaron and his sons is to be carried out. These are laws. These are commands that are meant to be obeyed. Here in the book of Leviticus, you will also read the law of the beast, the laws of the fowl, everything, everything that is living, every living creature in the waters and on the land God is giving the law for. He gives the laws and commands and instructions regarding the difference between those things that are unclean and those things that are clean. The beasts that can be eaten and the beasts that cannot be eaten. He gives the law for when the woman bears a male or female child in chapter 12. And, and then we get to chapter 13. And the Lord gives the law of the plague of leprosy. The law of the plague of leprosy in a man or a woman. When it comes into the garments, whether the garments be of wool or linen, warp, or wolf, anything of the skins, he gives the law to pronounce it clean or to pronounce it unclean. And then we get to chapter 14 in Leviticus, and he gives the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. This is when the leprosy has been healed in the leper. The Lord gives the law regarding the process of that cleansing that is to come about after that leper has received healing. And it comes through the hand of the priest. The priest had to make an atonement for the leper that received healing so that he can or she can complete the process of cleansing. Can complete the process of purification. In Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 14 verse 2, it specifically gives the details. The leper that has received healing. A plague has stopped spreading. There's an indication that they are perhaps healed from this disease. That leper will be then brought to the priest. The priest will then command for two birds to be taken alive. And with these two birds, he's going to need cedar wood, scarlet, and hyssop. One of these birds, this is the background to verse 17 through 18, it's a process that the leper who has been healed and is going to be commanded and proclaimed as healed has to go through. 
one of these birds will have to be killed in an earthen vessel with running water. It's killed over an earthen vessel that has running water. And then the living bird is taken with the cedar wood, the scarlet, and the hyssop. That living bird is dipped into the blood of the killed bird. And the priest will then sprinkle that leper that is to be cleansed seven times. And he would pronounce him clean, and then he would let the living bird loose in an open field. But it doesn't stop there. The man that is to be cleansed will then have to wash his clothes. He's got to shave off his hair, wash himself in water, and tarry abroad out of his tent for seven days. And on the seventh day, he's to shave off all of his hair, his beard, his eyebrows. The Lord wasn't playing when he said to shave it all off. Can you imagine someone shaving off their eyebrows? He had to wash his clothes, wash his flesh in water again. But on the eighth day, the leper that was to be cleansed had to take two he lambs without blemish. There are some things that the leper has to do. He has to get these two lambs without blemish. He has to take one ewe lamb of the first year without blemish. He's got to get three-tenths deals of fine flour mingled with oil. This was to be the meat offering to be presented. And he had to get one log, the scripture says one log, L-O-G, of oil. That's a measure of oil. And this leper to be cleansed would have to take these animals, take the meat offering, and take this measure of oil, and then go to the priest. He's to present these things to the priest, and then the, pri the priest will present the man to be clean. And those things that he brought before the Lord at the tabernacle of congregation. In verse 11, Leviticus 14 and verse 11, the scripture says, And the priest that maketh him clean, that's going to cause him to be purified. He's going to be instrumental in this cleansing process. The priest shall present the man that is to be made clean and those things before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Process goes on. I'm going to paraphrase it so we don't have to read it. The priest will then take one of the he lambs. That would be the trespass offering. And he would take the log of oil. And he would wave them both for the wave offering. The lamb, which was the trespass offering, would be killed. And he would put some of the blood of that dead lamb 
on the tip of the right ear, the thumb of the right hand, and the great toe of the right foot. And then the priests would take some of the log of that oil, the measure of that oil. He would pour it in his left hand. And he would dip his finger from his right. And he would sprinkle the oil with his finger seven times before the Lord. Then he would take the rest of the oil. And he would put some of that oil on the tip of the right ear of that man, the thumb of his right hand, the great toe of his right foot. And he would put that oil on top of the blood that had already been applied from the trespass offering. The oil would go on top of the blood. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I want to tell you this morning that there are some sacrifices some people have made in this place. There have been some things that you have brought before the man of God and you have sacrificed and you have allowed him to be the priest in your life. You have allowed him to look at your spiritual condition and say there is a disease. There is a condition that needs to be remedied. There is a problem in your life that needs fixing and needs repair, needs healing. You have allowed the priest to put his hand upon you and you have brought that sacrifice to him and you have allowed it to die at his feet and everywhere there has been blood that has been shed God said there's an anointing that's going to spring forth there have been people in this place that you have sacrificed, you have hurt, you have looked at yourself. Why would the man of God do this? Why would he do that? Why would he perhaps in your eyes think that he's holding you back from some things? But your attitude and your reaction to what the man of God is doing when it comes to your ministry, it matters. It will either drive you forward or it will hold you back. Your reaction, your attitude, how you respond. God is looking at your heart. And you may look okay on the outside, but you better make sure on the inside your spirit is right. I believe on Wednesday night... The Lord confirmed to me what he had given because I was like, this is weird. This is just so odd. God, you know how it is. God, is this you? And so when I heard the word on Wednesday night, it is a reminder that we must have submission. 
We must have authority in our lives. If you're in this place today and you don't have a man of God that is looking out for you, that is covering you, that is your covert, that is your shade, you've got to find a man of God that is going to be a true man of God in your life and not going to tell you what you like to hear, but going to tell you what you need to hear. There are some things that some of us, we have sacrificed and we have killed. And some people may not know. They may look at you and, and think that you don't have anything to give up before the Lord. But our God sees everything, every decision that you make when it comes to your job, every decision that you make when it comes to your finances. The Lord sees every decision that you make. And there's a place of sacrifice that the Lord has called everybody to make. You see, in this law of the leper, when it comes to his cleansing, it did not matter if they were poor or if they were well off. Everybody had to bring a sacrifice. One sacrifice might be different than somebody else, but there was something that had to die when it came to the purification process. My sacrifice might be different than your sacrifice. The person in the balcony might have a different sacrifice than the person on the floor. But everybody has something that the Lord says you've got to get rid of it. You've got to get it out. You've got to give it up. There has to be some blood that is shed. And when you do it up under the authority of a man of God, a man of God in this place that's not going to put more on you than what is necessary, and you allow him to take the blood of that sacrifice and apply it to the tip of your ear and to the thumb of your right hand and to your great toe of your right foot. You just wait. God sees that sacrifice and he's going to tell the man of God now, take the oil and dip your finger in it and everywhere there's blood, put the oil. I feel like there's a revitalization in the house this morning. There's going to be some ministries that are restored. There's going to be some anointings that come back. When I looked at the previous... I tried to find this elsewhere in the word of God. And if you've read the Old Testament, you will recall that this sounds familiar. When it came to the consecration of the priest, this is the only other instance where I read of something similar like this being done. When Moses consecrated... He appointed, he anointed Aaron and his sons. At the very beginning, the Lord had him to take the blood of a sacrificial ram. 
and to take some of that blood and to put it on the tip of the right ear, put it on the thumb of the right hand, and the great toe of the right foot. But even in that instance, I never read of any oil being applied. It tells me that something as sick and as serious as leprosy, when the Lord begins the healing process, in order to complete that process where there may have been some devastation, there may have been some serious wounds, there may have been some areas that you've lost. God says, that is not for naught. Everything that you do when it comes to living for God, whatever the price might be, God looks at that and he says, you're not giving for no reason at all every time you have shed blood there's going to be a fountain pouring up springing up of my anointing that has never been seen before and you must have a man of God he's got to be the one that applies the blood and applies the oil but you've got to bring your sacrifice to him. There has to be some blood first. And then God will give the oil. I was listening. I've got like two sets of scriptures and then we're done. I, um, I told the Lord, if you want me to say this, um, you know, bring it back to my mind because I don't have a lot written down. I just have a lot of scriptures and definitions. So um, he's bringing it back to my mind. This may not be for everyone. I was listening to a podcast um, of a, a minister and a preacher. God uses this, this, this man greatly. And, um, you know, I went to my favorite educational source online, hallelujah, YouTube, be careful with YouTube, but anyway, I was listening to a podcast um, on, on YouTube, and this minister uh, was, was talking, and they were kind of just getting more information about him, how did you get into this ministry, and um, what, you know, what words do you have to say for people who are looking up to you, blah, blah, blah. And so he was telling, he was giving the background to his story um, of his ministry and how he got to where he's at. Really young guy. And uh, he was saying um, he didn't have a heritage in this truth. And um, he, so he had kind of always looked at himself. I was like, well, you know, you know, you, they count them, people count themselves at a loss when they feel like they don't have parents and grandparents and all types of stuff in this thing. None of that stuff matters to God. And he was saying uh, he did whatever he could to just be involved in the church. And the word had been given to him that he was going to, to minister. He was going to preach. And people were going to be saved and all this stuff. And uh, so his pastor, and I'm recognizing, I, I like to look at... Uh, patterns 
So when I'm looking at people and I'm seeing oh, God's hand is on their life here, God's hand is on their life there, you see certain commonalities. And one of the commonalities that you'll see is they have a prayer life. They read their word. And the third one is that they're submitted to a pastor or someone of authority in their life. And so he was talking highly of his pastor, which I think is now a bishop. And so I th he was really young, and he had been given this word, and um, his pastor knew of this word and gave him the opportunity to minister. And so he preached, and he said it was, it was a mess. Um, but, you know, he was thinking, well, I've been given this word. And so, you know, this is the start. And he was looking for all these, like, opportunities should just be blowing up at my feet. Where are they? I was given a word. And so eventually his pastor just, I think, ignored him for a while. Don't you, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know something's wrong when your pastor does that. Kind of ignored him for a little while. And then he told him, um, you know, you know, we're going to, let's talk or whatever. And so this minister was saying his pastor gave him the wisest words of advice. And it just, it set the stage for everything else that he was going to do down the road. His pastor told him, you need to understand, we need to talk about the concept, the principle of the chicken and the egg. And he was like, what? He was like, yeah, what came first, the chicken or the egg? And um, he's like, what are you talking about? And he was like, what comes first, the pulpit or the ministry? And I was like, oh, my, that, that's wisdom. With just that one phrase, he said he got it. It doesn't matter about the pulpit. What matters is what you are doing when it comes to the will of God. Your ministry isn't reliant on a platform. It's not reliant on a podium. It's not reliant on being in front of people. God is looking at the sacrifice that's going on behind the closed doors. He's looking at what's going behind the closed room in your house. What are you doing when people are not watching? Because when God sees the sacrifice, when God sees the dedication, when God sees the discipline, then he says they're ready. They soaked some blood. They soaked some tears. And now here comes the anointing. And to this day, that man of God, the Lord, is using him to reach the lost. And I have not heard him. Every time I've heard him, which has only been like three times, so um, you may be seated. Every time I've heard him, he does not fail to give honor to the man of God in his life. And you can see where that anointing is coming from because somewhere down the line, he had already made up his mind and said, whatever sacrifice I need to give up so that God can use me in and out of the pulpit, I will do it. And there's an anointing that comes from that sacrifice.
can turn to Romans 8 and 18. This is our second to last scripture. And then we will go to Mark 14 and 3. Romans 8 and 18. I want to caution someone that may be disgruntled with the man of God and your reaction the Lord is looking at and he's seeing there is no sacrifice. There is no blood that is being shed in your life. You must have the man of God in your life. You must be submitted to the man of God in your life. And when that happens, the Lord will then give the anointing. Romans 8, 18. Paul is speaking and he says, for I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I reckon, I, I, I've taken inventory. I have reasoned. I have looked at everything. I've looked at the price of giving it up versus the price of just letting it be. I have looked at what I wanted and what God is asking of me. And I have come to the conclusion that whatever pain, whatever hardship, whatever affliction that I might have to put myself through, it's not worthy of the glory that is going to be revealed. Every price that you pay, God is saying it's not for naught this morning. He's come to give a word of encouragement and to tell you it's not over. He's got an anointing that's prepared to come up every sacrifice that you have given. Mark 14 and 3. This is our last scripture for today. You look at the price, as Sister Kelsey Garza said, that Jesus paid. It does not compare to anything of what we might be going through. What have I to complain about? Nothing matters but the will of God. Mark 14 and 3. You'll be familiar with this. This is about Mary in the alabaster box. And being in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper. As he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment as spikenard. Very precious. Extremely expensive. Cost a lot. Scripture says she broke the box and poured it on his head. We, we are very familiar with this, this scripture and this story. You've all heard the song, The Alabaster Box. 
And what I'm reminded of in the context of everything that we are looking at today is that Mary knew what she had in that box. She made the effort to store a very precious ointment in that box. She took care to make sure that what she stored it in was the right type of material to preserve that ointment. It wasn't just any box. It was an alabaster box. That type of box was known for preserving ointments at that time. It, it was considered to be the best type of material to house certain perfumes, to house certain ointments. So Mary knew she had spent all this time storing this ointment in this box. She looked at the type of box that it had to be in because she knew she wanted to preserve it. There was something special about this box and its contents to her. It cost her something. And we read in the scriptures that when Jesus was sitting at meat, here she comes with something she has spent her time and her effort into preserving. And she broke the box. You read that she break the box. It almost sounds like she just, you know, broke it and like there's a couple pieces. But when you break it down, she break, she crushed it completely. It was shattered. It was broken into shivers. She made sure there was nothing left for her. She gave it all to God and she willingly did it. She made the conscious decision, Lord, you're here and I am going to give you everything that I have. And in order to do that, I'm going to crush what I have completely before you. So there is nothing left for me to hold on to for myself. And we see what came from her breaking. There was a preparation of our Jesus Christ for the death in the burial, and because our God died in the flesh of Jesus Christ, you and I have redemption today. You and I get to walk in this flesh with liberty over the enemy, over everything that he would try to throw your way. We have seen this example in our own bishop, making the conscious decision, God, whatever you ask of me, I'm going to do it. And COVID hit the world and churches shut down. God, I will give up 
my reputation. If that's what it's going to take, let them talk about me. Let them talk about the church, but we're not going to close the doors. And I think to myself, just that simple sacrifice that we don't know what it costs the man of God, the hurt, the shame that may have come from being portrayed on TV, having the brethren speak about him, speak about this church. What are they doing? And that was just only a few short years ago. And even on a day where it might not seem that we have everybody here. We've got people on the balcony floor and we've got people on the bottom floor. You cannot tell me that every place there was bloodshed God has created an anointing. You can stand on your feet. I'm telling you in this house today, I have been encouraged in the past week in listening to the messages that our God has not forgotten every box that you have brought and you have put your everything into and you have given it to God and you've even taken the mallet yourself and you have crushed it into pieces, into shivers and there's been blood that's been shed. There's been tears that have been cried and the Lord is looking at your sacrifice and says, now my anointing is coming. Now the oil is is going to be applied. And I'm telling you in this house today, we are fixing to see God do wonders, signs, and miracles. And it starts with you. It starts with your sacrifice. If you believe that, can you raise your hands all over the building? Be encouraged today. God has looked at your reaction. He has looked at your response. He has looked at what you have given up, 